starting a, a brand new four-week series called Dream Again. Some of you maybe got a flyer in the mail. I hope that you did. And, and uh, we uh, sent 10,000 homes and uh, surrounding areas uh, an invitation to this series. When you leave today, our hosts are going to have some invites for you. They'll put a handful in your hand and uh, take those. You can invite your friends. I would just encourage you to do that uh, and follow along with us together. Here's kind of where we're going to land for the next several weeks. This is found in the book of Proverbs. The wisest man who ever wrote, he wrote this, Proverbs 29 and 18. He said, where there is no vision, the people, everybody say perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. Another translation says, cast off restraint. In other words, they decide that I don't have to have any boundaries or restraint because I'm not really going anywhere. It's kind of like that guy, in, a sophomore in, in high school. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't really have a plan, you'll just, or you go to college, and if you're, if you're a freshman in college and this is you, I'm not picking on you because I don't know this, but if I, if I meet you and you're a freshman in college and I say, what are you doing? And you say, general studies, <laughs> I'm on to you. <laughs> Where there is no vision, you just cast off restraint. I don't really have to have like, I don't want to pick a major yet. Well, you've been in college three years, bud. You probably should pick a major by now. Like, let's go ahead and put some restraint. Let's go ahead and decide, I'm going to have vision in my life. And maybe as you began this new year, that's sort of the question that you're asking is, what is my vision for the year? And it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, there are people in the room that need to need to make some decisions in your life. You need to decide to go to marriage counseling or to go back to college or there's some of you that need to go on a missions trip you need to take a class that you know going to get to that promotion some of you need to begin this year to uh, to have vision for for you know your spiritual life I'm gonna fast I'm gonna pray I'm gonna start giving and tithing this year this is the year I'm gonna just sort of put God first and then I'm gonna join a connect group come on I'm already preaching good I'm gonna get in the connect group I'm gonna live in community with somebody I'm not just gonna come to church I'm gonna be a part of something. Vision can be different for everybody in the room, but the truth is that everybody's got to have vision for your life. Or you'll end up at the end of this year where some of you ended up at the end of 2016, which is, how did I get here? How did I get here? How did I, I, I started out 2016 with the goal of losing 20 pounds. And, and at the end of 2016, I was only 30 pounds away from my goal of losing 20, 20 pounds in 2016. And, and, and look, I can look around and say, how did I do this? I know how I did it. I did it one bluebell scoop at a time. That's how I did it. Let's, let's take just, I got some preaching time here. Let's take just a moment. When you pray, pray that bluebell brings back Millennium Crunch. Will you believe that? Put that in your guide for me. I want everybody focused for the next 21 days on Millennium Crunch, that God can work a miracle for us. That's how I got where I am. It, it's because I didn't have vision for I didn't put feet with my vision. I didn't get up and do anything. I just talked about doing stuff for Christmas. One of my family members bought me uh, workout gear, new, new running shoes, and, and, like, all, and I was like, are you trying to? He was like, no, I just thought you'd like this. Yeah, yeah I thought I'd like this. Yeah, I no, I don't like this at all. I'm taking it back. Taking it back by Bluebell on this gift card. That's what I'm doing. Uh, you got to have vision for where you're going. you, you, you got to decide, I'm going to draw a target around that. You have got to start seeing God's dream for your life. I don't just want you talking about losing weight. This series is not about losing weight and getting on a budget. This series is not about resolution. 
this is about God's dream in your life. This is about really igniting that thing. That thing that's bigger than what you are. Bigger than resolutions. Bigger than budgets. Bigger than Dave Ramsey. Which you need to be in. We're launching financial peace. This, this connect group. But it's bigger than that. It's bigger than losing weight. It's bigger than just. I want to keep the house clean. This, the, the, you know, this year. That's my, I want my kids to just you know, actually get a bath. Every day. Every day. That's my resolution. Like yeah, my kids are going to get a bath. Every, no, no, no. I want you to think. God, what have you really called me to do? Like, what's that dream inside of me that for whatever reason has been, has been pushed down and gone away? And for some of you, it's because of hurt or because of pain or because of a relationship that didn't work out or because of a, a job that you lost or, or a business that failed. But I want you to know God's got big dreams for your life. Another translation says Proverbs 28, 29, 18 like this. It, it says that if people can't see what God is doing, then they stumble all over themselves. Some of you feel like that's how you lived 2016. Just stumbling all over yourself because you really couldn't see what God was doing. You really didn't have your mind tuned into God's dream for you. And then it said, but if they will attend to what God reveals, if you'll do what God will show you to do, that's why I tell you when we give, whatever God chose you to do, do that. If you'll do what God reveals to you to do, then you will live the most blessed year you've ever had. But if you continue to sort of wander around, stumble your way through another year, then you'll land in December of this year. Some, some of you will land in the same spot. Some of you will land backwards. You, you ever look back over your year and thought, man, I didn't just not go anywhere. I, I, I think I went the wrong way. I think, I, 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 think, I think things got worse. I don't think I just... I don't think I actually moved my ministry forward. I don't think I did what God called me to do more. I think I slowed way down. I think I, I lost ground. And there's some of you who feel like you've lost ground on the dream that God gave you. Most people know that God has called me to do something more. There's a dream inside of my heart. But if you stop looking at the map, you'll just lose your way. You know, I don't know if you get lost like I do, but I'll get lost going down my driveway. I'm terrible. Brandy's the navigator in our house and she's like, baby, we've been here before. You know how to get here. No, I don't. I promise you. I'm not joking about how dumb I am right now. I don't know where I'm going. I don't. She's like, you remember this land? No, I don't remember this landmark. Baby, I can't tell you enough. I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. And she's and, she, and, and, then, and then she'll turn on the maps, you know, and that, that woman on there yells at me about turn, you know, where to turn and, and what and I, I, I'm, I, that's what I need is another woman yelling at me about what to do when I'm driving. That's, and, and so she tells me where to go. If you don't look at the map in your life, listen, some of you, the reason your dream is sort of wandered off is because you've you've wandered away from the map. And some of you, you're coming back to church. In the beginning of this year, you're deciding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back in church, and this is why, because I'm coming back to the map. I'm coming back to the thing that I know is right. God has got dreams that are so big for you. Some of you stop dreaming for your marriage, or dreaming for your kids, or dreaming in your business. And I want you to know as we begin this series that God has big dreams for you. John 10 and 10 says it like this. You've heard this before. He said, I've come that they could have real and eternal life, but not just real and eternal life. I've come that they have a more and a better life than they've ever dreamed of. God's got more for you. I'm already preaching good. Shout amen. God's got, these all the Pentecostals sit right here. God's got more dreams for you. God's got bigger stuff inside of you. 
And for whatever reason, you've been sort of squishing that and, and pushing all that down in your life. Listen, do you remember when you were a kid how easy it was to imagine stuff? Listen, we, we, we didn't have, when we were a kid, we didn't have iPads. We had an outside. Come on, somebody. That's, we just had an outside. And you didn't have to, I used to dig in the ground. Don't, don't, don't make fun of me, but we didn't have like, like shovels and stuff. I would take a spoon out of the kitchen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I, we'd go in the back, I have a little brother, and we'd go in the back and we'd dig in the mud with just a spoon. And Bub, we would build something. You hear me? I'd put hot wheels and we'd build. It didn't take nothing but a spoon and dirt. That's it. You just need a box. If I got a box, I, I'm in a rocket ship. I, I, got two, I got two kids, my little boy, for, for Christmas. And, and I would always make fun of people who would say this, but it really is more about the box than it is the toy to him. We would open up something, he'd look at it for a minute, put it aside, and he'd sit in a box, and we'd be in a rocket ship, and here we go. Because you don't need much when you're a kid to imagine. But listen, the older you get the more we need accessories in our lives. The more we start filling up. I can't imagine if I don't have a nice car. How can I imagine God blessing me if I don't drive a new car? So we start filling up our lives with accessories and our imagination is, is squandered on other stuff. i got to have a bigger house. got to have more clothes. i got to have nicer clothes. i got to have new kicks. i got to have... I, I, everything's got to be different. We, we, listen, i, I got to have another relationship. i got to keep stuff inside uh, of all, I, I, my imagination is tied to my stuff, now all the accessories that I have with me. And so, it, before you know it, your dream now, your God given dream future, is tied to your own happiness and your stuff and what you've got and accumulating more of you. Are you still with me? Say amen. It becomes more about me than it does about God. It becomes about what I want. It becomes about what I need. It becomes about God. Uh, listen, my dream this year is that you give me a bigger house with a nicer backyard. You know, like my neighbor's got that nasty neighbor that don't deserve that, God. You know what I'm talking about. The one that don't work all day. She's always in her pajamas. God, why does she have a nice house and I don't have a nice house? I and so your dreams become inward focus. It becomes about me and my accessories and my stuff. And then some of you, listen, the dream that God has given you has died. The stuff that you know, that you know, that you know that God gave you. The stuff that you know God called you to be, to start a business, to, 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 to go back to college, to, 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 to become a physician's assistant or, or a nurse practitioner. For some of you, it's, it's to own your own business and stop working for somebody else, to, to freelance finally, to finally sort of you know, launch out and do what God's called you to do. And for some of you, it's start a ministry or, or, or get involved in a church or volunteer at a church just full time and, and say, man, this, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. And your dream has died for whatever reason. Maybe it's a bad marriage or maybe it's a, a relationship that sort of went south or a foreclosure in your home or, or, or a bankruptcy that happened and your dream has died. Let me, give you, let me give you some hope right now. If you're taking notes on the back of your worship, God, I hope that you are. I want you to write this down. When your dreams die, when your dream finally dies, God's dreams can finally awaken. If your dream is dead today, listen, let me, let me go ahead and give you the crux of the whole next four weeks. Listen, if your dream has died, you're in the best possible place. You're in the best possible place. Some of you, your dream has died. Some of you, you walked down the aisle and you said, I do forever, and then he didn't forever. 
Some of you, your dream is dying of having a kid. I know what that's like. For 10 years of marriage, Brandy and I wanted a baby. We prayed for a baby. We believed God for a baby. We prayed. We'd go through 21 days. We'd fast. We'd give God everything. And then we'd have a miscarriage. For some of you, know the pain of, God, why won't you answer this prayer? God, why won't you do this for me? And your dream has died. Listen, if your dream is Dead, you are in the best possible place. Every time God would use somebody big in Scripture, their dreams would die. Daniel's dream would die and he would go to a lion's den. Uh, Joseph's dream literally would die and he would go to a pit in the bottom of a palace somewhere. Simon Peter dreams of, uh, of giving Jesus his whole life and then he would deny him in front of everybody. Everybody that God's ever used first had to have their dream. Die when, when, when your dream finally goes away, then God's dreams can start awakening inside of your heart. Here's the problem. Listen close. Some of us have connected our dreams to life support. Trying to keep them on. And you, you wake up every morning doing CPR on a dead dream. Trying to revive the thing you thought was supposed... I'm preaching so good right now, God. I don't, I, if I could, I'd run out there and amen myself right now. That's how good I feel. You've been doing CPR on a marriage that's been over with for years. Because your dream of, of white picket fence and big house and nice car, and that thing's dead. And instead of you going to God and going, okay, God, what else do you have for me? What's the next thing you've got for me? God, it's not God's will for you to walk out on your marriage. I'm not telling you all of that, but I am telling you this. That some of you are doing CPR on a, on a business that God's done using. It's time for the next thing. It's time for what's next inside your life. Some of us are doing CPR on a dream that God said, it's time for that thing to go so I can awaken something new in you. I'm ready for you to re-dream something. It's time, listen, it's time to pull the plug today, my friends. It's time to pull the plug on some of that stuff we've been holding on to and saying, I, I, I'll just, I want to do this. I want to, I want, I want to make an album. I just want to, hey, hey, I just, I got it. I want to sing. I want to go to Nashville. I want to be like, I used to want to be like Mariah Carey. Come on, somebody. I just, I just, <laughs> I just want to, I love Mariah. Y'all, hold on. I just want, I just got it and it ain't working and it ain't happening and nobody's buying your album. I don't care how many rap albums you give out to all your friends. No, you're not going to sing. But God's got something else for you. And instead of stepping into that next thing, you're doing CPR on this thing. Brothers and sisters, let's pull the plug. Let's let our dreams die so that God's dream can awaken inside of us. Let's go into 2017. Let's go into this fast going, okay, God, you tell me what you want me to do. I'm tired of trying to revive this thing. I'm ready for you to give me the next thing. I'm ready for you to dream inside of me. I'm ready for you to have that thing that you've called me to do, that next thing that you've called me to do. That's a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle. Listen, dreams are the target of your faith. If you're believing God for something, but you're not dreaming for that something, then your faith has no target. You can't say, I believe God, and then not have a target. A dream is a target. I believe God is going to use me this year. That's a, that's a dream. It's a target. I believe God's going to fix my marriage this year. That's a dream. It's a target for your faith to point to. I believe God has a new business for me. That's a dream. It's a, it's a target for your faith to go through. Dreams are the target 
of your faith. And if you're going into this next year full of faith, but you don't have a dream, my friends, you'll still wander aimlessly around not knowing where to go. You have to have God's dreams inside of your life. Am I helping anybody say amen to that? The psalmist David said it like this. David would say in Psalms 34, he said, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. To delight yourself in the Lord means this. That Literally, that, that Hebrew word delight means to be pliable in His hands. Be moldable. Well, one guy said that blessed are the flexible for they will not be bent out of shape. You know, Some of you are bent out of shape because it didn't happen the way you thought it was supposed to happen. Because it didn't end the way you thought it was supposed to end. Because the, the, the business didn't stay together even though you emptied your life savings. That the marriage didn't stay together even though you promised that it would. And you're bent out of shape for that. And the Bible says if you'll delight yourself, if you'll get in His hands and say, God, I'm flexible right now. I thought it was going to be this, but I I'm ready for you to make it whatever you want to be. He said, if you'll do that, then He'll give you, listen, the desires of your heart. Now, I grew up believing that that meant whatever was in my heart, God had to give me. That's not what your Bible means. It doesn't mean that whatever's in your heart, God would just give you the desires of your heart. If that's true, I'd be six foot two, playing for the Spurs. Come on, somebody. He won't give you the desires of your heart. If it's true, I'd be driving a, 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 an Escalade. Because that's what if I had all the money in the world, I'd drive a short wheelbase Escalade. Chris, that's just what I love. I'd I, I make you trick it out for me. And everybody'd be like, who's that little dude coming out of that Tahoe? That's that, that's I, he won't give you the desires of your heart like that. Listen, here's what that here's what that verse means. It means if you'll get in his hands and be moldable, then he'll put in you the desires that you're supposed to have. Another translation says He'll place in you the desires of your heart. He'll give you the stuff that He's been dreaming for you. That's what I want to be. I want to, I want to get in such a way that God knows that I, I, I'm, I'm dreaming what He wants me to dream. Because when He does, there are going to be people look at you and say, man, that's impossible. Yeah, 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 I know it's impossible. Man, that's never going to work. Yeah, I know that's never going to work. That's why it's called faith. That's why it's my dream. But God put it in my heart and I'm going to trust God to do this thing for me. Somebody shout amen to that. If you're not dreaming those kind of God-sized dreams, and the Bible says you're dying a slow death. You're perishing. You're casting off restraint. You can't get where God wants you to be without a God-sized dream in your heart. You, you, you and I have to learn how to get out of that idea that it's going to be about me, for me, through me, by me. No, 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 no. God, I'm going to let you decide what dream I'm supposed to. And when you do, it's going to be bigger than I could have ever imagined. I never could have thought it was going to be this big. I never could have imagined God would do this through me. People may mock you. People may make fun of you. Uh, you're never going to start this business. Okay. You're never going to write that book. All right. You're never going to be able to find another marriage. Just some of you that believe because that one failed, the next one's going, no, 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 no. God said, I've got something bigger planned for you and dreaming for you. No more is that illustrated in the Bible than the story of Lazarus. And let me sort of, this is where we'll kind of camp out today in a Bible story. Let me give you, just real quick, if you have your Bible, you can flip there to John 11. That's kind of where we'll, where we'll be, John, the 11th chapter. And and Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Lazarus gets sick. It's probably January. And he probably touched one of y'all who told him it was allergies. And he got sick and coughing himself silly. 
and just acting up. And, and Jesus was friends with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. So, some commentators believe they, they may have even grown up together, that they were raised together in, in, in Galilee. And, and so now Lazarus and Mary and Martha live in Bethany, which is a couple of miles, just, just a few miles away from Jerusalem where Jesus was. And word gets to Jesus that Lazarus is sick. And he's not just sick coughing, he's Sick. He's sick unto death, the King James Version says. He is going to die. And, and this is where we'll pick this, this passage up. John, the 11th chapter, in, in verse 4, it says this. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness is not unto death. It will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You're telling me, that in my sickness, in the worst time of my life, you're telling me God's going to get glory for that. You're even telling me that it is so that God can get glory in that. That's the craziest thing I've ever, I've ever heard. Now Jesus loved Martha, verse 5, and her sister Mary and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. I've always thought that was a funny passage. I love y'all so much, I'm going to stay here. And then I'll meet y'all in a couple of days. Okay, tell him I'm coming. <laughs> tell him I'll be there in a couple of days. I love y'all so much. And he's almost dead. The, the, listen, they're calling the family in. And Jesus gets a call. G, G, you got to come. you got to come now. He's, he's going to die. And Jesus says, no, no, no. He's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, it's not going to end in death. As a matter of fact, God's going to get glory through this whole thing. And I'm going to stay here a couple of more days. I don't know what he was doing. I tend to think. It was party or he had season tickets to the Spurs. and whatever. I don't know what it was, but he was just, he was going, I'm going to hang out two more days and then I'll go to where you are. And so the Bible says that, that, that it was for God's glory. Now this is the craziest thing. Here's what I think. I want you to write this down and I want you to say it real slow to yourself. You ready? God's glory and your comfort don't always go hand in hand. I want you to write that down and put, put that on a mirror somewhere in lipstick or write that somewhere. Um, put that on your refrigerator if you're like me and you're fasting. And you, you, you put that on your refrigerator and you say, God's glory and my comfort don't always go hand in hand. God's glory and my comfort aren't always synonymous. So some people grow up, I'm going to go ahead and uh, listen. Now this is odd for a, for a, for a generation Xer in my mid-30s to tell you this, but listen close. I think in the 21st century, the 21st century gospel has been perverted such that we believe that my comfort is God's glory. That as long as I'm okay and I feel okay, God must be okay with me. That I, I equate my happiness with God's glory. And conversely, if I'm not happy, God's mad at me. God didn't bless me because I didn't get a new car because everything didn't work out for me because this thing's over for me. It's, 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 it, we think that everything revolves around me. It's for my glory and my blessing so that I can be magnified. No, 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 listen. Everything that happens to you is so that He can be glorified and He can be magnified. And it's all for Him. It's not for you. And sometimes your comfort and His glory do not hold Hands, everything He does is for His glory. Did He die to save you? Yes, He did. Does He love you? Yes, He does. Does He always make you comfortable? No, He does not. And He doesn't owe you comfort for His own glory. Somebody shout amen to that. And anybody that preaches you something else is lying to you. Let me tell you why. Because the moment that tribulation and trouble comes into your heart, guess what fails? Your faith. 
Because you don't understand. If, why would God do this to me? I thought this was, he's supposed to make me happy. I gave my heart to the Lord. I thought everything was supposed to work out. And when something bad happens, when you stand at the casket of a loved one, when you, when, when you get served divorce papers, when, things find, when, when, when you stand at the bedside of somebody with a chronic illness, a terrible, that when, when things go wrong, when things go crazy, when you check into rehab for the second time, when things go, here's what you do. You start blaming God. God must be, I thought this was for my glory. We get it all backwards. And my comfort and His glory don't always hold hands. Jesus said, this sickness isn't to death, but it is for God's glory. One writer would say it like this, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do in 1 Corinthians, do it all for the glory of God. He said, everything that I do is for God's glory. Everything that I do. Simple stuff like eating and drinking and where I work and who I, Everything is for God's glory. I want you to live this year knowing that my comfort is not tied to God's glory. That I don't have to have it all about me, for me, through me. That everything that's going to happen this year is for God and for His glory. Say amen to that. So the story continues in John 11. Jesus makes it there. And on his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now listen to this. He waits two days. And by the time he gets to where Lazarus is, Lazarus has been in the tomb four days. You know what that tells me? Lazarus has already died two days before they told Jesus. And Jesus says, this sickness will not end in death. He's been dead two days. You waited two days. He's been in the tomb four. He's been dead two days when you said this sickness wouldn't end in death. I'm, I'm ready to pray. Oh, Jesus, help me be calm. Help me not lose my mind up in here, up in here. I just got to breathe deep. Either Jesus is a liar or your definition of death and his are two different things. And some of you have held your head low all year long talking about what died in your life. Talking about my marriage is over. My dream is dead. It's never going to work again. And you've been touting this death and either Jesus is a liar about your dream or your definition of death and His are two very different things. Or that when God says that it, things going to live inside of you, it doesn't matter what the lawyer says. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what report you get. If He says it's going to live in you, it's going to live in you. Shout amen to that. He said he's been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was only two miles away from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to already start mourning them and comfort the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him and Mary said, I ain't looking at him. He failed me. This is how so many people treat church. I'm not going back. He let me down. You understand the problem with your comfort and his glory? You see how you get mixed up? And you stay at home while Martha says, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't do it, but I'm going to go see what he says. I'm just going to go out where he is and I'm going to see what he says about this. What I love about you is you just decided, some of you have dealt with immeasurable hurt this year. And you're still here. I'm just going to go see what he says. Martha says, I'll just go out to meet him. Mary says, I'm going to stay here. He, and Martha gets to him. Listen, Martha gets to him and she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's okay for you to go to God and say, tell me why. God, God never has an aha moment. You know that, right? You never shock God off the throne. God doesn't go, 
Oh, I didn't see that coming. I don't know what she's so angry about right now. <laughs> if you hadn't, if you, if you'd come early enough, if you hadn't delayed, if you were gone to God and said, if you had fixed him, we would still be married. If you had, if you had healed them, she would still be at dinner. If you would have answered, we would have had three kids instead of two. If you, why did this happen? If you would have been here, my son would not have, my brother would not have died. She's mad and she's hurt. She's confused. And she goes to Jesus and says, My dream is dead. I thought you were going to heal him. I thought when I sent word to you, you would heal him. Matter of fact, we probably waited to put him in the tomb just on the just to see if he we've been doing CPR for years, hoping you'd heal this thing. And he died. Because you didn't come. And at that very moment. God. Speaks into her life. Something that is so profound. That I had to start this series. By telling this story. In John eleven twenty two, Martha does something. She, she has one sentence. And then Jesus turns it around. And does something. So here's what she says. She says, I'm so mad at you. I'm so angry at you. I am so hurt at what happened. My dream is dead. Why didn't you heal? But I know that even now, God will give us whatever it is you ask Him to do. There's some people in this room that you need to get resolved over the next 21 days, over the next couple of weeks as we preach this series, over this whole next year. I don't know why this thing happened like it happened. I don't know why you waited as long as you waited. I don't know why you haven't answered my prayer yet. But even now, whatever it is you ask him, I think God's going to answer. Some of you need to have that Martha face. It just rises up and you says, God, I don't know why you took so long. But since you're here, let's go ahead and get to business. Since you're still with me. Since you're still answering me. Since you're still on the throne. Since you came, not when I thought you should, but you came anyway, I still believe God. And Jesus says to her, listen, the very next verse, listen to this, this is so profound. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Listen to me. Her dream was that Jesus would heal her brother. God's dream is that Jesus would raise him from the dead. Because when God dreams for you, it's always bigger than you. It's always bigger than you could have ever imagined. They could have never imagined. Nobody had been raised from the dead in their family. They had heard stories that Jesus had done this. But nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew this was going to end this way. Mary and Martha, they were just dreaming about healing. And God says, no, 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 no. no. I got something bigger planned for you. I'm going to raise him from the dead. Your brother will rise again. My friends, when you go into this year and your dreams have died, I want you to know you can open your heart and say, God, I want you to put something in me that's bigger. I want you to dream inside of me. I want you to place that in me again. Put inside of me the desires that you want me to have. That God-breathed dream, that impossibility, that thing that's bigger than me. I want you to put it inside. God, I'm not going to keep trying to resurrect this thing, try to keep this thing alive. God, when you've got something bigger planned for me, Two things, our musicians are coming. Two things you got to do if you want your dream to live again. Here's the first one, write this down. You got to yield your dreams to God. Just a few of you, not the whole, not the whole team, just a few of you. Thank you, Kim. 
Yield your dreams to God. Listen close. Don't disconnect over the next couple of moments. I may go a little bit long, but I promise to make it up to you next week. Yield your dreams to God. You got to give your dreams to God. You got to go to God with a dead dream. You got to say, God, I've been trying. I've been doing CPR on this thing for a long time, and it's just not working. God, what do you want me to be? God, I've tried to. I, 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 I've applied to a hundred positions. I can't get one call back. What do you want me to do? God, I have. I've done everything I can to move up in this company. It's as far as I can go. Where, where, what do you want me to do? God, I've knocked on every door in this town. I, I can't get any business. What do you want me to do? God, I, I, we've been sleeping in separate bedrooms for years. What do you want me to do? What, what, what do you want me to do? What, do you, what dream do you have inside? God, what's that thing that's, that I... God, I, I, I'm ready for this thing to die and just go away so that you can dream something bigger for me. Martha, I, I, I know you thought it was healing. What if it's resurrection from the dead? I, I, I know you thought God was just supposed... Listen, dreams are the language of God. Uh, very rarely does God speak audibly. If somebody tells you He did, I, I'm not going to discount if they, if they told you God spoke to them audibly, but it's very rare. Dreams are the language of God. You know why? Because God is so powerful. I don't think you could handle it. I couldn't if God spoke to me audibly. I really don't. So He speaks to you in your dreams. And that stuff inside of your heart that you just think. Man. Acts 2 says this. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters. And your young men and your old men. That's everybody in the room. Here's the three things they'll do. They'll dream dreams. They'll see visions. And they'll prophesy. He said there's something that God speaks in dreams. Dreams are the language of God. The future. Something more. Something bigger. You've got to yield yourself to that. You've got to recognize God is with you right where you are. Right in the middle of what you thought was a dead dream. David would say it like this. Where can I go from your spirit? Can I, where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, there you are. If I make my bed in hell or in the depths, there you are. I can't get away from you. You're always with me. And since you're here anyway, Martha said, whatever you ask him to do, he'll give you. I know he will. Since you're here anyway. Since I can't get away from your presence. Tell me what to do. You got to yield your dreams to God. Here's the second thing you got to yield to the process. You got to yield to the process. Listen, some people believe the promise and the process are two different things, they are the exact same thing. Write that down and never forget I told you the promise and the process are the exact same thing. There is no separation between promise and process. My dream could be losing weight, but I got to go to the gym. It's just process. It's just the law. The Bible says until, until the end of time, there will always be two seasons, seed time and harvest. It's just process. It's just seed time and harvest. Process, process, process. I, I love this part of the Bible. Jesus goes to the tomb. And, and you know, Jesus, He was deeply moved. He comes to the tomb. It was a cave. It had a stone laid. And listen what He said. Kent, he said, take away the stone. You're the God of all creation. Why would I move the stone? Because you got to be involved in the process. <laughs> could, could he move the stone? Certainly he could. But then Martha couldn't be involved in the process. He said, move away the stone. Then the next verse, verse 39. He said, not only that, I want you to take his grave clothes off of him. 
Take his grave clothes off of him. Uh, Unloose him. Unwind him. Take those skinny jeans off of him. He's bound up up in there. You know why he said you move the stone and you take the grave clothes off? Because everybody there had to be involved in the process. Listen, if you need a miracle these next 21 days, you got to work that miracle. You hear me? You got to do something. You got to get out of bed. You got to start working with what you got. You got to yield your dream to God, and then you got to yield to the process. It's a process. Some of it's going to hurt. Some of it's going to be a long day in a doctor's office, a long day in a lawyer's office, a long day in a bankruptcy court. But when you get to the other side of this process, God said, There's your brother. You know that one you thought I was going to heal? He's back again. And Lazarus comes walking out of the tomb and lives again. Some of you are going to live in 2017. Here's what I believe. I believe. I told you I was wild today. Y'all just, I warned y'all before I started. For some of you, it's going to happen in the next 21 days. You're going to come to church on January the 29th with a miracle in your hand. Something that you thought was dead. Something that you thought, something that you just believed God for healing and it already died. And you said, "What? I thought you were going to heal this." And then, and then about day 17 or 18 or 19, when you're when you're just believing, you're prayed yourself silly and cried yourself to sleep every night. You're going to come in with a pregnancy test talking about, Pastor, come here, look here, look, 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 look what God did. Look what God did. Look how God answered. Look what God made a way for that I didn't think. Look what God resurrected from the dead. Here's Lazarus. Y'all remember Lazarus? He was sick. We asked Jesus to come. He didn't. And now he's alive again. Dream again. Dream again. Again. I told you this series is going to change your life. If I were you, I'd bring everybody in my whole world to church next week. Somebody that needs this. Somebody that's experienced pain and hurt and heartache and Somebody doing CPR on a dream. And it's time for it to die. So that he can awaken something bigger and better inside of me. Stand to your feet. Take your spouse by the hand. Come on, bow your head, everybody praying. Come on, dream team, let's pray together. Come on, prayer team, get to the front real quick, real quick, real quick. I want to hear some dream team praying out loud. I want you to pray and intercede for people who need a dream. I want you to pray for people who've lost, people whose sickness has come to their home, the cancer you've been diagnosed, and people who've people people whose marriages have 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 just fallen apart. And I need some dream team to help me pray. Justin, help me pray. Dath and Caleb, come help me pray. People who who who. Their, their marriage is on the rocks and it just they've been it's on life support. It, they've been trying. He's been gone, she's been gone. Whose kids are going crazy, lost, addicted, confused. People whose dreams just feel dead. If that's you, nobody's looking, nobody our prayer team isn't looking, nobody's moving around. If that's you. I just want you to be bold. I want you to be bold right now. Nobody's looking but me. I just want you to raise your hand and say, man, you're talking to me. Come on, hands are up everywhere. Hand, tears are falling. The hand. <laughs> Dream again. Dream again. Come on, keep your hands up. Dream again. Dream again. Let me just speak faith in you. Just dream and Come on, that thing you thought was over with Martha. That thing you wish I would have been here earlier. I, I, it will not end in death. 
What are you talking about, Jesus? I thought this thing was over. I thought it was all gone. No, 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 no. No, no. How I look at death and how you look at death are very, very different. Very different. God, this hurts. I know it hurts. Sometimes I'll get glory out of stuff that hurts you desperately. But just wait for the resurrection. Just wait. Just wait till Lazarus comes walking out. Wait till you get to go back to town with your miracle, holding hands and saying, Look what Jesus did for me. <laughs> Look what he did. Look what he did. If your hands raised, if you're believing God for that, let me say a prayer for you. And in just a moment, we're going to sing a song. And, and during this worship song, if you need somebody to pray with you for just that dream to sort of be reignited, I just want you to come to the front. The people are standing in this front are people of faith. I wouldn't ask them to come if they weren't. They're not going to do anything strange or anything weird. But if you need somebody as we began this 21 days, as a matter of fact, I'm asking everybody who needs a miracle to come to the front. Somebody's going to put their hands in your hands and put their arm around your shoulder and just say, God, I don't believe this is to death. God, I don't believe this dreams. I, I, I think you've got bigger and better. God, I don't know what it is for them, but I just know that during these next 21 days, you're going to do something that blows our mind. Reignite that dream. So I'm going to pray a simple prayer. When I say amen, we're going to sing. And then when we sing, if you need a mirror, I just want you to come to the front. Don't leave yet. And then I'll come back and dismiss you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence that is so remarkably here. God, we're going to begin this year with power, with presence. Nothing can change us like your presence can. So I just pray. I pray for every hand that was raised that I need a miracle. That I need you to, to reignite that dream inside of me. That God, that thing just feels dead in me. That thing I've been, I've been trying. I've been trying to work on. I've been trying to re, you know, just do CPR. I've been trying to keep it alive. And I just, it's got to die. It's got to go. It's got to go. It's got to go. I'm ready to dream again. I'm ready for you to reignite. God, I want you to do that thing that you've called me to do. Put that thing in me that's bigger than me. God, I pray in the, next, in the next three weeks, the next four weeks as we preach, I just pray, God, that dreams would be reignited. That literally there would just, all, all over the house, there'd just be, that, that dream would we awaken. God, I, I believe you speak to people in the language of dreams. So Even while I'm preaching, even right now, God, with eyes closed, I pray a dream. Just, just a spark. Just something comes back in this moment that says maybe God still can. Maybe, maybe God's called me for something bigger. Maybe the dream isn't over. In Jesus' name.